Dare to Explore is presented by the Space Camp Explorers Club, a new way to support the U.S. Space and Rocket Center and Space Camp. Members of the Space Camp Explorers Club gain exclusive access to content, behind-the-scenes stories, and members-only swag. To learn more, visit SpaceCampExplorersClub.org. Of course, nowadays I look back and I, I think, you know, sitting in the space shuttle that they had and the dip switches and all these flashing lights, it's you're creating a reality, kind of what I do now with my job. But as a kid, it was my reality. And um, I, I remember not wanting to have the responsibility of being the pilot. I thought, God forbid, we don't make it back. And <laughs> once again, you, this is just it's it's camp. But in my mind, it was real. This was a true mission. This is what we really have to do. And this is what it is like for the astronauts. Suzanne Saltz is a director on the hit television program, NCIS Los Angeles. She's worked on shows like Six Feet Under, Bones, and Pushing Daisies. Though she ended up in Hollywood, Suzanne began her journey dreaming of space, having attended space camp as a teenager. Today, She's also on the Space Camp Alumni Association Board of Directors. I'm Ryan Faricelli. Join me as I find out what makes this extraordinary individual dare to explore. I've got a spaceship that I'm waiting for. I'm flying up to the stars. I'm gonna dare to explore this time. There was a magazine that was put out in my school. It came out, I, I'm going to guess quarterly. Um, Scholastics, I think it was. I could be wrong. I actually kept it. I was so excited. And it showed a kid on one of these zero gravity machines in a spacesuit, just looking like they were having a lot of fun. And the article was about Space Camp. Space Camp had just opened, I think, earlier that year. And I told my parents I didn't want to go to any other camp but space camp because I wanted to be an astronaut. We lived in Minnesota and space camps in Alabama, and my parents didn't want me traveling down there. Uh, it was long distance, and plus it wasn't as if it was within our monetary grasp. Like, camp was YMCA camp. That's right. what camp was. So this would be a long-distance affair, leaving not only my family but the state, and they weren't ready to do that. So how did you convince them to, to eventually let you go? Persistence. <laughs> you, you ask the question enough and your parents will finally go, she's really serious about this. And um, yeah, and, and they, they allowed me to go. I actually flew alone. This is back when, this is going to date me. This is back when planes had a smoking section. Wow. In the back of the plane was the smoking section. I was unaccompanied. My parents flew me from Minnesota. I had a connection unaccompanied. Uh, somehow, I don't even realize how I did it, but I connected. I didn't have an escort. 
But I remember sitting in the back of the plane with the smokers thinking, I'm going to die from all the smoke. I don't know why they put me in the smoking section, but they did. Maybe it was the price of the ticket. Who knows? <laughs> but And I remember calling Collect from the airport, my first stop, and calling Collect when I made it to Alabama. So you made it. Did you have a good time? Did you, did you enjoy I, it? I had an amazing time. What surprised me at first was how many people had their parents there. I really thought it would be something where every kid showed up individually and you were just, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I remember getting to the airport and being the only one on the bus. And it kind of surprised me. And then I got to space camp and all these families were, I didn't realize it was a huge museum and it was a, a place to, um, I remember calling my parents going, you know, you guys could have come down. And they're thinking, do you realize how much that would have cost? <laughs> you know, in my head, it, it just wasn't there. But yeah, I mean, it was a more amazing than I thought it would be, just in every aspect. Today, you are a director in, in Hollywood. You work in television. You worked on Pleasantville and Godzilla and Bones which and, and Pushing Daisy. Pushing Daisy is, by the way, one of my favorite television shows of all time. <laughs> and, and, and I agree with you a thousand percent. I, you know, I can't say that I've watched every show or been a fan of every show that I have worked on, but Pushing Daisies was, and I, I only worked the first season. Unfortunately, there was a writer's strike, right, uh, which put a halt to a lot of shows, and it really put a dent in Pushing Daisies and its ability to come back afterwards. It was a very expensive show to make, yeah. but it was an amazing show with unbelievable talent and. The ideas and how they put it together was just remarkable. And every episode was a joy. It was a lot of hard work, but when you saw the finished product, it just mesmerized you, really. So, and then you also worked on uh, Six Feet Under, and, and of course now you're... I am on NCIS Los Angeles. I'm a first assistant director, but I also direct. What would be the difference between a first assistant director and the director? The first assistant director assists the director in finalizing their vision. So the director looks at a script in a very creative manner. How can I bring this piece of paper to life? The first assistant director does the same thing, but the difference is they also get into the bones of it. How can I put it together to make it um, shootable? How can I make sure that each day we can actually get the work done. What can be put together to make this happen so that way the story continues, the actors can get to the point you need to by the end, but yet we are able to film it in the time allotted. So it's more um, manage management, but creative at the same time because you have to understand both aspects. So how did you go from being an astronaut to, to uh, ending up with a career in Hollywood? When I attended space camp, Space Camp, the movie, was being filmed at Space Camp. And I remember arriving and was a little irritated to find out that the cafeteria was closed because they had turned the cafeteria into a set. They had built the bedroom set. All the scenes that would take place inside the sleeping quarters was put into the cafeteria area. And it seems like such... In, in my head, I'm like, how can you make a, ca a place where you eat a place where you sleep. But of course, when you see the movie, you don't realize that they just cleared all the, all the tables and chairs out and built the pot in there. Right. So we ate, I can't remember where, we ate, but we ate somewhere else. Our space camp experience kind of rotated around the film. They, they would want to film someplace. So guess what? That area was off limits for the day. And um, we had free time. And whenever there was free time, I would go watch them filming it. To me, it was just fascinating. 
to see what they did. And there was actually moments where they used us in the background. I remember that their space camp outfits were a little bit different, the patches. And in fact, the patches that you see today are from the movie. And when I went, the patches were a little bit different. So being there and watching the filming really intrigued me. But in my head, because I have no connection to the film business, my parents aren't in the business, there aren't any relatives in the business. I just figured it was, it's something you watch and see and enjoy and are mesmerized by, but not something is actually you can do. Right. So for me, it was, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do everything I can to become an astronaut. And um, I went to UC Santa Cruz for college. The reason why I picked UC Santa Cruz, they had the highest acceptance rate into NASA um, of all the UCs. And I know that seems like really weird, but from what I researched, they had the highest acceptance rate in NASA. So did you go for, for a science? You said that you had thought that you would be a, sci- a, you know, a mission specialist, which, which typically is a scientist. So is that what you did there? Yes. I um, went in as marine biology and uh, went through two years building up everything I needed for marine bio- biology with the idea that I'd also then go to medical school. So I had all the undergraduate I needed for medical school also. And I hit inorganic chemistry. And the professor walked into the room, looked at the class and said, I hate this course. This is the one course that I don't like to teach. And I picked the shortest straw this time and I have to teach it. And that I was just went, what? And (laughs) after the professor said that my drive to get through that class was really devastated. And I made a decision at at that point, if this is the beginning of it getting harder, then, and I'm not enjoying it, then I need to look somewhere else because I need to enjoy what I do for a living. And um, I ended up transferring to UCLA with the idea of going into journalism. And when I was there, I wanted a summer job. And you're in Los Angeles, what's the biggest industry? Film. And uh, I started uh, working on some smaller things, uh, music videos as a production assistant. And that just solidified in my mind that this is what I want to do. I found it so exciting to create something out of nothing that people would be interested to watch. You know, everything that you see in film, you see totally differently once you work on a film. Experience Dare to Explore Milestones to Mars, the all-new exhibit sponsored by Lockheed Martin at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Dare to Explore Milestones to Mars takes visitors on a six-decade journey of space exploration and looks at the innovation that has prepared humans to land on the moon and go beyond. Especially designed for young visitors with school groups and families, this exhibit includes interactive displays and activities that demonstrate how we will live and work in space. This experience is included with your U.S. Space and Rocket Center general admissions. Visit rocketcenter.com for tickets today. I went to space camp before the Challenger accident, and we all left there wanting and knowing that we were all going to work for NASA at some point or do something in aerospace. And it was very integrated into our learning. We would go to school and shuttle launches would be broadcast on TV. They'd roll a TV set into the room. Uh, We would learn about the experiments or experiments were sent. It was very integrated. And I remember watching 
the shuttle launched and then the accident and it was just you know silence like none of us knew what was going on and unlike today where there's immediate news it was just dead silence we went home we were talking to each other you kind of had to wait for the information to come out as to what happened and all of a sudden the connection between NASA and the teachings that we got in school disappeared. And you would think that it was almost as if the adults were like, oh my God, this happened. We need to immediately shut this off and it's a bad thing. We don't want people to, to, to be scared of it anymore. NASA still worked and space shuttle still went up, but it was very quiet. But for, for myself and people that went to camp at the time, it really emboldened us to say, we need to continue this. We need to make it better. We need to get into this business so that way we can show them that this is something that's still viable. And even though I don't do it now, it's by creating this reality, I'm hoping that the next generation of kids, you know, even though I don't work on a show that deals with space, will sit there and go, this is a reality that we can create. If you think about anything that is in our reality now, like the Apple Watch, right? All of that stuff was put into TV, it was put into comics, it was put into radio. It was something that was fake, but somebody imagined it and made it real. And then now it is real. And that's what's amazing about TV and film is that you can imagine it and put the seed into somebody that when they grow up, they're like, this is gonna be a reality. Can you tell us a little bit about how you actually broke in? Uh, because that is often uh, a really difficult thing to do. And, and that I agree with a, th- a thousand percent. So I was going to UCLA and in the summer I wanted to to stay in Los Angeles. My parents were like, well, you, you have to earn money. You're not just going to stay in L.A. for free. Uh, and every school has a book of um, jobs or internships that alumni have put together. And I remember going through the book and I pulled out a couple of things and I called and most of them were for credit. And if you're staying in LA, credit's not gonna pay the rent. Right. And, and credit's not gonna pay for food. I finally got an interview um, with a gentleman, uh, Bill Dance. He owns a background casting company here in Los Angeles. And at the end of the interview, he said, You know, I could really use your help, but it's gonna be for credit. And I was like, Wait a second. You, I came to this interview because you said I'd get paid. And he goes, well, you know, I, you know, he went through this whole thing and I finally went, well, listen, I will do something extra. I'm going to order, organize all of your files, but you're going to have to pay me. And he said, okay, I'll pay you, but you can't tell anyone you're getting paid because everybody else is on credit. And it just shows you that persistence uh, is the way to go. Never give up on what your goal is because it, it if you're right on the edge of it and someone says, well, I've changed my mind, you, you got to stand your ground. And I'm glad I did. He didn't pay me a lot, but he did pay me. I, I went to work for him in the office, you know, answering phones and stuff. And then one day he, he gets on the phone and he puts it in his hand and he says, does anyone have experience on set? And the three of us that were there looked at him and the other two didn't say anything. And I thought to myself, huh, here's my opportunity. Like, how else am I going to get this step? And I just looked at him and went, I do. Now, did I? 
No. (laughs) (laughs) I thought to myself, if I can be fast enough on my feet to say yes, then I can be fast enough on my feet to to make this happen. And he looked at me funny and he just went, I I thought you've only done theater. I go, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've done theater. I've been on, on, um, in in that. And I I know what I I know it. I can do this. He went, all right. He gives (laughs) me this address. He goes, the we had, there's something called background wranglers and what they do is they quote wrangle the background and the background is anybody that is in the picture that doesn't speak anyone in the background sitting at a table walking down the street whatever it is and he gives me an address and he goes go here and organize them because the wranglers car broke down i was like all right so i go over there and I show up and first of all i'm now getting paid triple what I was getting paid in the office. Right. <laughs> I was like, I was shocked on that. And then next, I had no idea what I was doing. I was handed a piece of paper with a bunch of names. I turned to the person closest to me and I just went, what do I do? And the guy said, check people in. I was like, great. I started calling off names. I checked people in. I passed out the paperwork. And then I go, what's the next step? He goes, bring them to wardrobe. I go, great. All right, guys, follow me. And I start walking. I'm like, I don't even know where wardrobe is. Like, what is wardrobe? <laughs> And so I'm looking around and I see somebody I recognize. And I walk up to him, I go, excuse me, where's wardrobe? And he points and I go and I'm like, huh, I wonder why I recognize that person. The person was an actor. That's why I recognized him. Here's somebody I had seen on TV. So the whole day, all I did was ask questions. Anybody who would give me an eyeball, I'd be like, what's the next step? Where do they need to go? What happens now? And everybody was very, very nice and did everything. At the end of the day, I go back home, I get a phone call from my boss, Bill. And he calls me up and he goes, you did such a good job, they want you back tomorrow. Wow. I had no idea what I was doing. I was on everybody else's grace to help me out. And I did a really good job. All right, you got it. And that's how it started. So persistence, believing in yourself, not saying no to yourself. Don't ever put yourself down. Believe you can do it and you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so but, but how- that's, that's how it started. And uh, from there, I found out about uh, the Directors Guild of America producer training plan, which is a joint cooperation between the Producers Guild and the Directors Guild to get new blood into the Directors Guild. And that was the next step was applying to that program. And once you applied, then it was just kind of, then you were on the tracks. Right. You would think, uh, no, oh. the first time, <laughs> if it was only that easy, now, now the, the process is different, but they had a, a series of tests that, so you, you do an application and then you go for an in-person test. Uh, it, and then if you pass that test, which was either a pass or fail, they wouldn't tell you how much you failed by. You would then go to an an interperson day of uh, tests, a group test. And then you would, if you pass that, you'd go to an in-person interview. So the first time I went through, I got to the group test and the director came up to me and they're supposedly, you're supposed to be, um, they're not supposed to know who you are, right? And she actually came up to me and said, Suzanne, are you going to graduate from college? And I looked at her and said, if I get in this year, no. Because I have, you know, one year left. And she went, huh, okay. Guess what? I didn't get in that year. (laughs) So I applied the next year and she came up to me and I went, yes, yes, I'm graduating this year. And she was like, okay. Uh, You know, I I don't know if that was all of the process. Maybe that was just part of it. But the second time I, I made it in. 
what was your very first job as uh, you know when you first got into to the actual <laughs> meat of, of it? So uh, my very first job was on a TV show called 90210. <laughs> Jason Priestley, uh, Tori Spelling, yes. Yeah. And the worst part about that was I was a huge fan of the show. I mean, you know, here I was, I had lived in Minnesota, I had come to California, the lead, the lead <laughs> on the show had lived in Minnesota, had come to California, right. you know, I mean, this is something that I had watched all the time. So, you, you know, talk about getting starstruck. I, I show up on my first day and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm talking to Jason Priestley. I, I'm talking to Tori Spelling. Right. Uh, but it was uh, amazing because once again, I had experience on set, but not working with cats. And working on set, I was working with background. It's a completely different vibe. It's a completely different thing. And uh, Jason Priestley was amazing and taught me so much. He, he, as soon as I walked in, he knew I was green, was just like, I'm going to help you out. With background, we walked him everywhere. And on all the stuff that I had done, which wasn't very much. And uh, Jason Priestley, the first day, they were like, okay, we're ready for Jason on set. And I had seen the direction that Vans had been going. I'm like, okay, J Jason, let's go. And we start walking and we're walking and Jason looks at me and goes, where's Seth? I go, you know what? I don't really know, but all the Vans are heading this way. He goes, well, why am I in a van? I'm like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Do I put you in a van? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you where transportation is. They're on channel three, call for a van and they'll pick me. I'm like, Jason, thank you. And that, and that's how pretty much how my first week went. Jason was just telling me everything I needed to know. So <laughs> do you still keep in touch? Are you two still friends or, you know, it's interesting. Um, Ian Ziering is somebody that I keep in touch with. Um, we text once in a, uh, once in a while. Uh, and I've seen him a couple of times just by happenstance. Uh, uh, I remember, when I was at UCLA, Harrison Ford came to speak at the school. And I remember being tongue-tied seeing him and, and not being able to say anything. And, um, you know, you have to get over that very quickly. And, and working on 90210 was because I was fans of the show. That was a quick thing I had to get over. It's like, they're still people. They're totally human. You know, you, you have to realize that and treat them that way. And, and that's exactly how they want it to be is that they're just like everybody else. Even though if you step outside of that set, they aren't. People look at them completely different. Right. So now that you are are working in the, the film and, and television industry, uh, you're a member of the Directors Guild of America um, and, of course, the, the Academy of Arts and Sciences, uh, but you're also a part of the Alliance of Women Directors. It's... Um, as with anything, it, you know, I didn't have any connection to the film business. And so getting into it, I'm kind of blazing my own trail. And one thing that, harkening back to Space Camp is, is that when you are inside of the shuttle and you're running a mission or you're out and you're a mission specialist and you're doing a mission, the bottom line is, is that you need to do whatever you can to make sure that everyone makes it back, that the mission gets completed, and you're on your own. You know, you, here you are, a kid, and they give you a script and they say, go. There's no adult there holding your hand. You have to do it. And the same is, is when anything, any field that you're in is that you are your own, you're blazing your own trail. Even if you have people that help you along the way, you're still doing it. You don't sit there in a chair and have people hand it to you. You have to do it. And by joining these groups, um, Alliance for Women Directors, Women in Film, 
it's people that have blazed trails working together to help other people blaze their own trails. And that's the reason why I'm a part of these groups is that we help each other with information, with connections to make it to that next level of where you want to be in your career. And you do a lot of work helping new directors as they come in as well, right? Yes. Yeah. It, and that is one thing as a first assistant director, you have a, a really a vast knowledge of either the show that you're working on or the business uh, altogether. And even if a director uh, might have done something, uh, a short film, uh, a music video, uh, anything of their own, coming and working on a network television show is completely different. Uh, And a lot of times, even though people have knowledge, they don't have the full knowledge of what it's like to get on, as we like to call it, a moving train. A, A network television show it has a process and every seven days, at least on our show every seven days, we repeat that process with an episode. And um, helping a director figure things out and put things together is part of what a first assistant director does. Making sure that they have all the shots that they need, the coverage that they need, that they're getting everything they want to put their show together. I guess when you're when you're on that kind of time tri- table and everything is moving so quick and there's lots of parts outside of just the directing that you're doing, there's not a lot of room to be able to stop and just figure it out on your own. No, there isn't. And now with COVID, it has definitely made filming a lot different. And that's one thing directors now coming in. I mean, before it was just learning the protocols and how we run. We had a very set schedule as to how many hours we want to work and um, how many days we want to film. But now with COVID, it has shortened everything. And our show has gotten very good at filming under the new protocols. And a lot of times you're bringing in directors, trying to help them understand it too, because it, it is a lot different. You've also done some screenwriting. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? I, I have written a couple of things, mostly um, shorts, and uh, actually filmed one of them. Um, screenwriting is another creative process, and um, I wanted to see whether or not I could put together a screenplay that if I wanted in the future, I could direct. And once I put it together, my family encouraged me to uh, uh, enter it into to screenwriting contests, and it actually did quite well. And that, in my head, made me realize that, uh, you know, I could do both if I wanted to. It's just about time. And the biggest thing is that you have to be open to criticism. And, of course, you know, it, you you read it yourself and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then you give it to your family and they're like, uh, this doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. And you're just like, Oh my goodness. Cause in your head, you had it all down, but uh, it's been a fun process and has taught me a lot. And it's probably something I'm going to continue to try to do. I want to write something longer, like a, a full length show versus um, just a short. Let's talk a bit about what you're doing with space camp today. You're, you are on the board. It's interesting. So when I got done with Space Camp, we all of us stayed together. I remember we um, wrote letters. It's back in the day. So we'd snail mail and we got a newsletter that was mailed to us every once in a while that just talked about what the graduates are doing. Um, And then at some point in my life, probably because my parents moved, I didn't receive the newsletter anymore. And as an adult, I kind of circled back and reconnected through the website. 
And I remember signing up for email notifications and received a notification that there was openings for the board. I thought, you know what, uh, this is really my love. Uh, in fact, this is like, um, people knew how much that I love NASA that I, you know, I'd be on set and I, I, one person, they were at a garage sale and there used to be glass cups that came out every time an Apollo mission and they had seen the cup and they just were like, Oh my goodness, Suzanne's going to love this. And (laughs) they bought the cup for me and brought it to work. You know, it's, it was one of those things. I mean, uh, um, Mark Harmon worked on, um, a space show and I, can't think of the name off the top of my head but when he heard that I enjoyed space he brought me um some memorabilia that he had picked up when he was down in Florida so it's like all these just like moments and when I saw the email thought I'm gonna apply I mean what's the worst that could happen I I applied to the training program and I've got in after trying the worst that could happen is they say no but at least I tried right and uh you know made it made it and we got on the board and because whether or not you go into aerospace or whether or not you go into NASA whatever it is the basics that you learn at space camp is confidence in yourself and that was the biggest thing for me I I didn't believe that I could go to those next steps until I was thrust in that position summer camp you you play games Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But space camp, you play games, but you also gain confidence in yourself. You learn about working together as a group. You make friends that will last a lifetime. And um, it's that was the difference for me. And I want more kids to have that experience. As a kid, you want to attain something that looks cool. So, you know, you see kids playing basketball. Wow, that's cool. Kids playing football. Wow, that's cool. Kids going into space. Wow, that's amazing. And that's what Space Camp, the movie, did. Uh, But there isn't anything with that drive right now. It's really about um, grassroots focus to get people interested into the sciences. I mean, obviously, SpaceX is doing an amazing job on that, showing what can be done. And the Mars rover now is also doing that. But the push before that really wasn't there. And um, there's definitely been uh, other movies that have come out recently, the one with Brad Pitt, um, Sandra Bullock, which have shown the amazing parts about being in space, which I think is a good thing. But once again, um, it's, it's about trying to reach more kids and let them know that this is something you can do. And whether it's on the ground, up in space, whatever part of it, you can attain that and and definitely if you read a lot of the stuff that's come out of the Mars rover and the people that have made it happen you'll realize that you can come from anywhere it beat anyone and attain amazing heights train like an astronaut and get lost in space at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center Exclusive family weekend programs are available to try your hand at piloting the shuttle and is based on both the past and future of space exploration. Pilot the space shuttle and attempt to land safely with the museum shuttle experience. Your team of up to four participants must work together to land the shuttle and bring the crew safely home. Museum admission is required. Find out available times, prices, and more at rocketcenter.com and get ready to blast off. has a dream job 
that they say, you know what, if I'm doing that job, I'll be so happy. But if you don't reach that goal, you can't say to yourself, well, that's it. I now I'm never going to be happy. There'll be nothing that will ever satisfy me. You can't have that that idea in your head. My dream job was to be a mission specialist, to be out in space and to float up there and do experiments that would change the world. But I didn't attain that goal, but I didn't let that diminish my ability to find something that I enjoy doing. And film is something, although I had seen it happen at space camp, wasn't a thought in my head. And I fell into this because of circumstance, being in Los Angeles. And I got very lucky. Uh, I had an actor tell me, he goes, you know, in life, in reality, everybody's a loser because there's always going to be somebody who's a winner. But the difference between winners and losers, winners are losers that don't give up. So it doesn't mean that you need to keep driving at the same goal to be a winner. It just means that you have to figure out what the goal really is. And for me, going through the process of trying to become a mission specialist and trying to become a doctor led me down a different path that made me realize that my goal had changed. The bottom line is that in your life, you have to do what you enjoy. I've got a spaceship that I'm waiting for. I'm flying up to the stars. I'm gonna dare to explore this time. 